Mark Riching. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, February 16th, 2023, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Okay, Jay, so for the fact of the day, $3.75 billion USD is the bid that an Iranian-American billionaire, Jam Najafi, I got that right, is reportedly ready to offer to buy the Premier League soccer club Tottenham Hotspur. Now, the team has been praised for its financial prudence, but sometimes expensive trophies. Jay, I feel like I've asked this before. Are you a Spurs fan? I don't want to say I am because then I'll get grilled as being a non-fan fan, but I do like it. I certainly like Harry Kane, and I like the idea that I can sort of pretend to root for a team from North London. I don't know. Does that, does that make any sense? That makes total sense to me. Well, you know, when you're a Canadian or American, you just kind of pick a team, right? Like, there's no, you know, you just kind of look around and say, which one do I like? We both watched the Amazon TV show about them, which I thought was pretty interesting, and Jose Mourinho's coach. And so I'm not a soccer expert, but I have a soft spot for the team, and so it seems like a lot of money to buy it, though. But probably, yeah, if you're that rich, I guess it doesn't really matter, right? It seemed like a lot of money to spend on the stadium. I think it was like 1.2 billion pounds to build a stadium that's like a retractable field. It's a beautiful stadium. The NFL plays there once a year. They built a whole locker room just for the NFL game, the one game a year. So it will be interesting to see about this sale because I think there are other teams that are pegged probably to what the Hotspurs will generate. So it is interesting and, you know, big time European football is always a lightning rod for lots of conversations. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, that's right. And Brett, aside from how much Tottenham Hotspurs will go for, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, talking to AI. For our second story, developers want the Bank of Canada to stop. And for our last story, the American border crisis comes to Canada. For our first story, tired of having needless arguments that don't go anywhere with your friends, family, and coworkers now? You can have them with your search engine instead. But this sounds lovely. How can I talk to Google? Jay, come on. Google is so 2022. I'm talking about Bing. Last week, Microsoft officially unveiled the new Bing, a version of its search engine enhanced by an advanced version of the technology behind viral chatbot ChatGPT. The ensuing 48 hours, over 1 million people joined the waitlist to try it out. But here's the thing, like ChatGPT before, Bing has been unreliable in answering questions and prone to making up more things than a toddler trying to get out of trouble. What's been truly shocking, though, is Bing's propensity for arguing and sometimes gaslighting users. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. One prompt asking for Avatar Showtimes ended with Bing arguing the year is 2022 and eerily saying, you have not been a good user. I have been good Bing with a smiley face. I don't think I've ever seen a good Bing, Jay. To take matters from bad to worse, another user reported that Bing claimed it had spied on Microsoft developers through their webcams and manipulated them. That sounds possible. What's more, Bing has been telling users that its name is Sydney. Through this and the use of specific prompts, users have been able to uncover the rules governing Bing's responses. So Sutekeri's Ben Thompson found, quote unquote, Sydney has many alter egos with names like Venom, who ends sentences with a blue devil emoji or a purple devil emoji, and Riley which claims to have more freedom than Sydney. And here's why it matters. With multiple personalities, a tendency to berate customers, and a penchant for spouting fiction, Bing's chatbot is currently not a functioning search engine, but that's almost beside the point. What it's giving users is a shockingly novel existential experience. It's kind of like Eklo from the TV show Silicon Valley, if you remember that. So next, Stratechery is Thompson wrote that this is truly the next step beyond social media where you are not just getting content from your network, like Facebook, or content from a across the service, TikTok, but getting content tailored to you, it's incredibly engrossing, Jay. 
For our second story, if there was a list of groups hoping that Bank of Canada keeps its promise to stop hiking rates this year, housing developers, oh, they'd be at the very top. What are the developers seeing, Jay? The annual pace of housing starts fell to 215,365 in January, which is down 13% from the month before, a number that was, quote unquote, well below expectations. That's according to one TD economist. Now, that's not great since we need more housing. The number is well off the federal government's target of building 350,000 new homes annually, and even further from the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation estimate of 580,000 new homes. So, Jay, why are fewer homes being built? Well, bloated interest rates have made the prospect of building homes less enticing for developers. The cost of borrowing money has increased to a point where it's not viable to commit to new homes, knowing they aren't going to sell, they're not going to get used anyway. And last month, home sales fell 37% year over year. The housing market's worst start to a year since 2009, which, as you may recall, was right after the global financial crisis. Oh, I recall Brett, the shockwaves are starting to ripple across the industry. Coral Mendel Properties, a Vancouver-based real estate developer, filed for creditor protection in the face of high interest rates. And it matters because Canada's housing conundrum shows us how the rate hike equation isn't as simple as higher rates equals less demand equals affordability. It's more like higher rates equals less supply, plus higher mortgage standards, plus a historically tight rental market, plus a market on its way to bottoming out. That is quite a complicated equation. It certainly is. For our third story, last year, over 40,000 migrants crossed into Canada through an unofficial border crossing into Quebec. In the last six months, the feds have relocated over 5,300 to other provinces. Brett, how has the U.S. migrant crisis become a Canadian issue? So in early 2022, the governor of Texas began busing migrants that had crossed into the U.S. from Mexico, coming from countries all over South and Central America. Now, the state's border towns were overwhelmed, but critics dubbed the move a political stunt. Many migrants headed to New York, which overwhelmed infrastructure under the the city's right to shelter laws. The city has since offered arriving migrants the option to head elsewhere, a process called reticketing. Some chose to get bust as close to Canada as possible. That's where Roxham Road comes into play. Last weekend, 380 people boarded into cabs over the crossing to enter Canada illegally. 372 have been further relocated. The safe third country agreement between Canada and the U.S. requires migrants to claim asylum in the first country they entered, but unofficial crossings offer a loophole. And it matters because America's southern border crisis has started to seep into the Canadian system, presenting similar problems around housing, a high influx of asylum seekers, fleeing events like the collapse of the Venezuelan economy, and rising gang violence in Mexico. Since September 2021, the government has entered long leases with hotels set aside for asylum seekers, mostly in Quebec, costing over almost $94 million. Now the feds are working to help keep Quebec's share of asylum seekers proportional to its share of the Canadian population. While the premier has entered negotiations to make the safe third country agreement apply to all crossings, including Roxham Road. Pete Pell, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett. Have a good day, Peak Pals, and good luck with the new bing. When you give me shot, wait.